0: Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Um, in lieu of your new nickname, did you watch wrestling as a kid?
1: No, I, I never liked it. So never got into I think, wrestling. I think the, the conversation is just going to stop right now because you have a follow up about wrestling, and I cannot, I, I cannot follow that.
2: Well, I do have a fault. Did you watch uh, yeah, wrestling? Yeah, of course, yeah. Not particularly, no. You never got into it? <laughs> no, not really. Was it just, did, you, did you like wrestling, Ian?
0: I met the wrestlers. Oh, which ones? One time. Like, all the old school ones, like uh, Andre the Giant. All right. Uh, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase.
2: No, these names are going right over my head, I've got to be Jake honest. Jake the Snake Roberts. No. Nope. Killer bees. No. Nope. No. Nope. Killer bees. that's Wu-Tang. Where did they get their names?
1: The killer
2: beast in the British
0: bulldogs. So were the- That was, really? I never met the British bulldog. See so my. Okay. Dogs. No, there was only one British bulldog. Dogs. Where you? Go? My dad was from Northern Ireland, and when I was interested in the British bulldog, he got really offended.
1: I <laughs> wanted. <laughs> I wanted to. There's something British about his yeah. name.
0: I, I wanted to buy. Uh, <laughs> I remember once I wanted to buy like a British bulldog pin badge, and like he would just he wouldn't let me, oh, and so I had to buy a Brett the Hitman hardwood instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's enough of that. Joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Andre Gonzalez. Hello. And back again is Alex Mott. Hello. The usual email, dear listener, should you wish to get in touch, is onefootball.com. Get all your questions in there, or you can do the usual thing of going onto iTunes, give the pod a rating, and leave a comment to let us know how you think we're doing. Now, wow, what a round of Champions League match that was. There's only one place we can start, however, and that is with the big game in Madrid. I tell you what, it's not like PSG to throw away a lead against a Spanish club in the Champions League, <laughs> is it? Never happened. They'd never do just... that again, would they? No. Uh, it was sort of built... Uh, as Neymar v. Ronaldo beforehand.
1: Uh, we all know that it's not about that. We know it's, it's not it's all about It's more about marketing. It is
0: more about marketing. Yeah. But there was only one winner. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. How do you, I mean, so the, he obviously gets all the headlines, and deservedly so, hmm. but it wasn't that great a performance from Ronaldo.
1: No, it was about finishing, just that. He scored a penalty, he was in the right place at the right time to score that weird Whoa. knee goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, there's one thing we can say about Ronaldo yesterday, he, he, he really tried hard, we were discussing always, it was uh, pressing a lot and you don't see uh, Ronaldo doing that much um, but yesterday he did, he was running like crazy and, and putting some pressure on the, um, on the first man with the ball and, and he, he, has, he has the instinct, he
2: was in the right place at the right time, he scored.
0: There's a lot to be said for that instinct.
2: I actually thought he was Real Madrid's worst player yesterday, Cristiano Ronaldo. Worst? Yeah. I, wasn't, I wouldn't go that far. I wasn't impressed <laughs> with him at all. I thought he was really bad, completely ineffectual in the actual game itself. I know he scored two goals, one was a penalty. One was a proper poacher's goal, but I wasn't impressed with them in in general play. Marquinhos had him in his back pocket, I thought.
0: And you're a former professional footballer,
2: <laughs> so you know these sort of things. I, I it, just I
1: wasn't impressed with this. If I have to, the worst the worst one um, was what? definitely ESCO. It was a this, yeah, this is Isco a
2: wasn't great. But it, I mean, when you compare Real Madrid, the Real Madrid team to the PSG team yesterday, it was a different league. Really, PSG looked so naive. Um, yeah you know again, this, that, yeah, it's again, so yeah. Weird, right yeah
1: it's just, they, they've been doing this for a lot of years. We would expect a different approach, but no, again, totally naive. they gave away the game, they had the game on their hands, and they gave it away in the beginning of the second half. We were watching, and yeah. I was just saying this is just a matter of time, they're gonna get the second one
0: what what is that is that a, is that a mental thing?
2: I, I don't know, I think a lot of it. Has to be put on Emery's shoulders yesterday. Um,
0: what you think he's not tactically preparing them properly before the games? Are yeah, heady uh, uh
2: They started really well, but that the change when he took Cavani off um, so on 70 crazy. minutes it was and crazy. bring on Munier. Just to
0: explain that, so he brought he brought Cavani off. Yeah, Munier. Munier came on yep. and switched to right back. Yep. Yeah, and he pushed Dani Alves pushed down, up further, Alves and up Neymar further. moved into the center. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. was, there was uh, and
2: then I think. Real Madrid's second and third goal both came from the left-hand side where there was just wide open spaces for them to attack in. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it's got to be blamed on Emery, to be honest.
0: It's interesting that this Mounier business, I think he's the eighth best player in league, 1, I thought, or the best paid player in league, 1. Mounier? Yeah, hmm. but he's, and I don't want to be too harsh to poor Mounier, but he's rubbish. <laughs> no, I don't think so. He was I at fault. So. I think he was at fault for... Remember, the, the I know we referenced the Barcelona game from last season. Yeah. He was at fault for about four goals in that one.
1: But it's really hard to... to uh, uh, okay, you can say that, but I, if I remember that game correctly, it wasn't all about one guy. It was a team that completely
2: folded. I think if PSG have ambitions of winning the Champions League, then Munier can't be a right back.
1: I think that Meunier is actually a very good right winger. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, Probably better than Danny <laughs> <Alves>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, He's actually a good right winger. I think he has some problems uh, defending and if, again, if you want to win the Champions League, you need a proper fullback.
0: Mm. You know, just go back to your point for a moment about Isco, mm. I actually thought Isco played quite well. I thought uh, he reinforced the midfield he, a bit.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean I, I thought he did okay. Uh, I didn't like I, it. Oh, was you who
1: didn't like yeah. it? No, yeah, he, he, he missed a lot of stupid passes. Um and he was not press, uh, pressing as he should. Cuz it doesn't do that much, but if you're playing Getafe, it's okay, but if you're playing a PSG, you need to do you know, you need to do the extra mile and he was not doing that yesterday.
0: So one of the questions I had, while well, I wanted to ask you about, was was he right to drop bail then? Cause
1: Bale, yeah, bail th- Isco is the. But I think so. I think I, I would I would drop okay. bail and play Isco. But it was about the, the attitude. It was uh, I was expecting something different from him.
0: Okay, well, that's the end of bail, is what I would suggest. Do you think? I think
1: the end of bail was a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I think this is a real signal from Zidane oh. that that's you're no longer yeah. a, my main one of my main players. I'm hmm. trusting in the players who won me the double. Uh, was it a double last season? Yeah, who won yeah. all the trophies for me last season. And I think that's a...
1: But also from a tactical point of view, it makes sense. Um, yeah, if you're, I can't disagree with that. If you're, playing, if you're playing PSG, it makes sense to have an extra man on the midfield and dropping one of the wingers. It makes total sense. So... I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree.
0: Poor him. Um, we're often skeptical of Zidane's tactical influence. We sort of, I mean, we've all heard that halftime team talk of the Champions League. You know, go out there and do better. Sort of makes Ryan Giggs sound like a tactical genius. Uh, but I thought it was interesting his substitutions last night. They could be argued that they won the game for him. I, yeah.
1: Also, because at the same time, uh, Emily did what he did. It was like a perfect combo yeah. for, for Madrid. Mm. But yeah, Asensio was... Asensio was, was brilliant
2: when he came on. Amazing. Yeah. He did everything well. He was incredible. And exploiting that space on the right-hand side, yeah, with Mounier and Dani Alves pushing up, yeah. PSG's it, right-hand side. PSG's right-hand side, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he was really exploiting that. It was, yeah, yeah well done, Zidane. I didn't... Personally, think he had it in him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, well done.
0: So you're doubting World Cup winner? Yeah,
2: I'd, and, I'd, yeah. I mean, I've seen that halftime team talk at the Champions League last year yeah. too. And I, I don't know. I mean, but yesterday, to, yeah. He, uh, he, to he, be he fair,
1: in the last 25 minutes of the first half, uh, Real Madrid were completely, completely lost. Yeah, they were out of the game for mm. a while, and uh, we're just seeing the three midfielders plus Casemiro just running and running and running and chasing the ball and doing absolutely nothing. They were Mm. completely lost. In those 25 minutes, if they can see it, I think the the history of the game would be different.
0: I think it's interesting with Casimiro. Last season, I was a huge fan of his, but his influence and his ability to help dictate games uh, has waned this season. And I don't understand why.
1: He's, uh, he's, He's... the way he plays is really physical, and I don't think he's fit enough to to he's play. He's played a lot of football as well. Yeah, you? it's, the, it's the a lot of games things. on it. Also, in the every time Madrid are playing some, you know, the better teams, Casemiro mm-hmm. works as a, a third centre back because <laughs> he mm. he drops like twenty meters on on the field on the pitch, and he is another centre back. Mm. And the, if you're playing for Real Madrid, you don't need that. But also that happens because uh, Madrid used to play. Uh, the, the the defense used to play way higher on the pitch with Varan and sergio ramos oh, yeah. they're playing lower yeah. that because with with pep Pep was a butcher but he have won this very good characteristic it it he, he, he read reads the game so well mm. and he's really quick he's thirty four i think yeah he's still older than that, he's, yeah. He's still so quick it's it's incredible and varan yeah, he it, it doesn't have that skills. I miss Pep. I miss Pep as well.
0: He's always good for a, a nice, ridiculous it's, red card.
1: Imagine all the, the amazing <laughs> stories we're losing because we're not paying enough attention <laughs> <Yeah>. to Turkish, <laughs> Turkish football right now. Oh,
0: yeah. um, there's a lot of talk before the game also about the pressure on Neymar and how he would cope with it personally I'm not sure he did I thought too often he was trying to do it alone too interested in he wasn't interested in using his teammates as often as he should his head's down he's just trying to do it's like he's trying to be a Playstation player
2: yeah (laughs) he was just running up blind alleys all night I think he 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 dribbled 13 times last night which was four which is four more than any other PSG player I think Um, and none of them were effective in any way it was um, no he was he just looked like he wanted to do it all himself last night, and yeah. it didn't work at all. Also, Loscello,
1: um, yeah, it was it was it was lost yesterday, yeah. and I was I was all. But honestly, that's his
0: manager. I, I, I blame Emery for that. But yeah. Lo
1: Celso is a very good player, but he was he's not playing on his um, his position first star because he, he plays way up front. Yeah. I mean, in Argentina, he was playing behind the striker, in, in 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 PSG, they're playing him like almost as a number eight. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. I was expecting
2: Diarra to start, you know, yeah, more muscle. Yeah, I more mean, he's just spe- more start. experience. Yeah, he's probably not completely match fit. Though I think if he probably was not. match fit, he would have started yesterday. But yeah, Lascelles was. Yeah, you've got like you say, you've got to blame Emery for that. If he's been asked to do a job that he's not used to doing, and, and he makes a mistake like he did with the penalty, then you've got to blame the manager.
0: And he's going up against um, three. Oh, I mean, I mean the likes of Luka Modric and Tony Cross. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Modric was, I thought Modric was superb last night. Yeah, Tony
1: especially Kroos in the second was half. not.
0: Kroos was okay.
1: Yeah, also disappointing. I, when you have high <laughs>
0: standards for Kroos, <laughs> I, that I, know, performance I know, but is I, just I keep okay.
1: thinking of those last 25 minutes in the first half and it was chaotic. And uh, yeah. I have to blame the old midfielders for that. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. So
0: overall, a pretty, we'd agree, a pretty disappointing performance from PSG. Yeah, very,
1: yeah. very. Very naive, as yeah. you said. Do
0: like, they have any chance?
1: Yeah, they have the away goal. I mean, can, yeah. it can happen. This court, this court is
2: Barnaval. Well, I would have said no. <laughs> you would say they me. have a chance, but I can't see Real Madrid not scoring in Paris. So, and that's the yeah, that's the. What about Thiago Silva not playing? I don't yeah. find that surprising. I don't think he's very good, and I don't think he's been good for a while. It's an interesting power play from Emery, though, isn't it? You'd think he'd pick all his big players in the biggest game. Maybe he's sort of making a point. About I don't think that's something there. I don't think Thiago Silva would have made a difference last n- night. No, is what I would say.
1: I don't know. He's, he's the leader on the pitch. He's the
0: captain. Didn't, so. didn't help in the... His leadership skills didn't help in the 7-1 against Germany, did it? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, moving on. We want to talk about Tottenham. And we were really impressed with them.
2: Yeah I was so impressed with them, Um, I thought it was a real coming of of age performance really for them. Especially when you consider the first 10 minutes which were shocking from Spurs, Um, but the way they just kept the ball, kept recycling, Dembele in particular was brilliant. it was reminiscent of Man United in Turin in '99 for me. Their Ooh. their comeback win. It was. Uh, it Man was United re-
0: fans will not appreciate that <laughs> comparison. That's like their holy grail right there. Wow, well,
2: I I thought it was yeah superb. I can't remember a Premier League performance away from home as good as that for it's a long in, time. It's interesting
0: that you mentioned Manchester United because I'm always reminded of that Alex Ferguson team talk. Yeah. For against Spurs, when he would just say, "Lads, it's Spurs." Yeah. But. One of the things that Pochettino has definitely instilled in them is that right mentality.
2: Yeah, they're not Spursy anymore, which mm. is, (laughs) and that takes years to get rid of. You know, because there's and there's been an aura around Spurs for a long time, same as Man City before that. Mm -hmm. Um, But Pochettino's, yeah, as you say, he's sort of instilled the mentality in them. He's coached out of them, I think. They're confident now that they can go anywhere in Europe and get a result. And technically.
1: Tactically, yeah, it's it's just incredible what what Pochettino is doing with uh,
0: Speak to me about with, it.
1: with Tottenham. No, it's it's uh, it's amazing. Um, I, I sometimes I I I talk to Luis a lot about the, the differences between um, the English approach when they play at home and when they play abroad. And you, you use like if they it looks like if they play at home, they have a plan and they have some consistency. And when they go, when they leave the island, something. Terrible happens and all the tactics. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter the tactics that you're going to pick because it's going to be terrible anyway. And and with Pochettino, it's different. The the way he played at, at Barnabé, the way he played uh, at Dortmund, and, and now what he did in, in Turin, it's just...
2: He knows what he's doing. And the, the difference between this season and last season, you know, last season when out in the group stages, they were just all over the place against, admittedly, a good Monaco team. I think they had Leverkusen yeah. in their group as well. Um, but yeah, the difference in 12 months is amazing, really.
0: I, I, we sort of talked about it when they came around to the group stages. We sort of sniggered and thought, no, Tottenham haven't got a hope getting out of that group because they had Dortmund and yeah, had Madrid. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, really, really impressive. That Christian Eriksson,
2: yeah, it's a bit tasty, isn't he? Yeah, he was world class again. Uh, yeah, he's such a good midfielder for them. Um, yeah, him and Dembélé in the middle of the park was—they were both sensational. I thought just the calmness on the ball, the composure. The, yeah, like I said, the characters come back from two 0 down. Mm. Um, yeah, Christian Eriksen, world class.
1: Eriksen has this characteristic that I really like about him. It's like he's a very quiet guy. Yeah, you don't talk much about him, mm. but in those very important moments, he's always there like he did with Dan Maric with the playoff, yeah, uh, and now again with with Tottenham, um, is, is there. It's like is really focused and mm.
0: things work out. It was there against Ireland too. Yeah, do you remember that?
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess the missed penalty then was the, was that the turning point for the entire game?
2: Yeah, it probably yeah. was. I think if they'd have gone in at half, Juventus would have gone in at half-time, three went up, That it would have been a different game. Um, but I think Larissa's done well there. He's sort of made Higuain make a decision as to what he wants to do with this penalty by standing up, and because Higuain is Higuain, he uh, rattled it against the bar. So no, it was, yeah, it was definitely a turning point for me. 100%.
0: Barney Renee had an interesting piece about uh, Higuain recently, where uh, in after this match, basically the premise was that in any other, you know, if this were any other player, his career would be, you know, incredibly successful. But people sort of look at Higuain there like. Bit of a loser.
2: Yeah, maybe sort of, I don't know, the way he looks, the way he acts on the pitch. Yeah. He's, he obviously had that amazing season at Napoli, but he just, the thing I, when I think of Higuain, I think of big misses. Right. Not turning up in the biggest games, despite, yeah. I mean, the first club. I and mean, this is a player who's, yeah, played yeah, yeah, yeah. For,
0: who's played in a World Cup final, yeah. in a Champions League final, who's played for the biggest clubs in Europe. That's, like, that's amazing. And
1: but, his record is incredible. Even when he was not a uh, first option, like first choice at Madrid, he was scoring a lot. Uh, I like him. I like him. Yeah. And
2: I like, yeah. But, I mean, he's a bit overweight. He's got a wreck in him. He's, yeah. Just, yeah. he's one of those players. I wouldn't fully trust him, to be fair. If but he were
0: your, you as, yeah. as, like we say, as a <laughs> yeah. professional, ex-professional yeah. footballer, you, if he were one of your teammates, can, can players, oh, this is interesting, can players yeah. say to other players, look. I think you're carrying a bit there. Yeah. Yeah, Why it's not a
1: problem at all.
2: 100%. I mean, I mean and it's it,
1: probably the right moment to say it. He'll like, be... Colleague to colleague and in the locker room. He will have like, been told. Come on, man, thought, you're, you're yeah. putting a bit of weight
2: like, on Like,
0: Buffon would might sidle up to him and say, look, listen, mate. I mean, when to... I, when <laughs> he
2: signed from Napoli to Juventus, they, he didn't play for the first three or four weeks mm. because he was... Overweight, so I'm sure he yeah. knows himself. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> okay. that, but yeah. he's one of
1: those players. And in a minute, he retires. He's going to be a beast. Yeah, we all know that.
2: <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Pull the rip cord. Uh,
0: will Aurier being suspended actually turn out to be positive for Spurs? <laughs>
2: yes, it will. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think it says more about. How the game has gone in recent years, that Aurier can get to the very top and he can't defend.
0: <laughs> it's, I feel, it's he's almost right, impressive, right? It is, yeah. He's mm. a right
2: back and he literally can't tackle, so, which yeah. I find amazing. So yeah, it'd be yeah, Trippier yeah, coming in would be a good thing.
0: We'll then. round us off with a very interesting stat: Juventus conceded two goals in the opening seventy-one minutes, having only conceded one goal in the previous one thousand four hundred and fifty minutes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. Oh, I mean, yeah. and you've got to say well done to Spurs there because Juventus have been amazing for the, since sort of the end of November. They've been really, really mm-hmm. consistent. Like, the, you know, really, really, really consistent. So, yeah. no, yeah, fair play to Spurs, I think.
0: Well, Spurs were able to come back, but the same can probably not be said for Basel, who were absolutely thunked by Pep Guardiola and Manchester yeah. City. The world of football was impressed with this. Except yeah. for one man. And that one man <laughs> is sitting right across from me now. Andre, you weren't a fan. You didn't think they were that good. Um
1: I don't think that 4 0 is uh you know, the, it doesn't make justice to, to Basel, to Basel's performance. Um three they conceded three goals like like this. Yeah it happened really quick. Yeah. And there is no one can can recover from that. Um The goalkeeper was a disaster. Uh, I think he's responsible for the second and the third goal right away. It's like you, you see that happening and you just ask yourself... Oh, Why? That's, that's harsh, I think. No, I think he's it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's got to do better.
2: The Bernardo Silva volley, that's, I don't, I mean, I admittedly, could come for the cross, but oh, that's, you're being a bit harsh, so. No, I'm not. Okay, maybe I'm being <laughs> harsh about it,
1: but I, I would expect from from uh, some a goalkeeper playing in Champions League to do a bit better than, than it did. Um, another thing that I want to bring up is that there was a penalty against Manchester City, it was nil-nil, uh, minute 12, I think.
2: Yeah, it was pretty early, It was it? pretty yeah.
1: obvious, and the referee didn't call it, and it was nil-nil. Things could could have been different for, for Basel. Um, and when we look at the stats in the, by the end of the game, mm-hmm. you see that um, Manchester City made 12 shots, and Basel made 11 shots.
2: But that's... That, but that's good finishing though isn't it
1: It's good finishing of course because uh, I think uh, city uh, it was six on target and Basel four on target yeah I'd, yeah so it, that's why I, I look at the keeper and I think
2: boy yeah I mean things could have been so different to that yeah Basel weren't great but I thought city were were brilliant they just it was a just a really assured performance one it from is home in and,
1: and it, I mean look at the the players they have and their DNA. The possession, I think it, it ended like I don't know seventy-five yeah. percent or
2: something like that. It was, it's the usual city. But when, yeah, when you can bring De Bruyne off on an hour, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sade <laughs> and David Silver on, I you mean, you've yes, yeah, you've it's sometimes not, just got to put so your hands up,
0: haven't you? Man City have already won more games this season, in all competitions, than they did in the whole of last season.
2: Is that true? That's true. No, like they're, they're yeah, they're just. I mean, if if they get the right draw and they keep playing like this, I can see them getting to the final. Yeah.
0: Is there any imaginable scenario in which Basel can come back? One word answer? No, of course <laughs> no, okay. not. Very good. <laughs> now, of course, we couldn't talk about teams being crushed without mentioning what Liverpool did to Porto. <laughs> Portuguese football, Andre.
1: What the hell is happening? It's not about Portuguese football in no? general. Okay. No. Is uh, Porto are rubbish? They're not rubbish, but they were rubbish yesterday.
2: Okay. Does, um, it, does it not say something about Portuguese football that they've gone and beaten the whole domestic season and then Liverpool did that to them? It's,
1: you have a point on that. So, a Porto are a very physical team. Yeah. It's like, they're very tall and yeah. strong and, I mean, heavy sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's about intensity. And they, they put a lot of intensity in, in their football. And most of the teams in Portugal play a very relaxed football and that doesn't work
0: um,
2: in Europe yeah, it, it, sounds like it
0: sounds like they're on beach chairs during the game,
2: and that gear shift from sort of league football to Champions League football it's, caught up with them. Yeah, it's yeah. killing everyone. I actually it, thought Porto. We watched it together, I manager. I thought we started. They started really well. They started really well, and they they had yeah. they had more possession and all that yeah. stuff, but it was completely passive. And then yeah, Liverpool broke three times, and it yeah, was uh, uh, the, and
1: four and, goals in counterattack yeah, <laughs> yeah. in five. So mm. uh, they knew what to do against Porto. They studied the team. They knew that. that but Porto, they have a problem that their passing abilities are not over the roof. And some of these guys have been, I would say, overproducing in, the, in this season. Wow. They're not as good as they are, honestly. Guys like André um, André or uh, Sergio Oliveira or Otavio, they're decent players.
2: They're not top players. Okay. I actually yeah. thought it played into Liverpool's advantage to be away first because they're yep. they're an away team. If they get you know the counter attack, they're they're a counter attacking team. So it worked, but it sort of played into Liverpool's favour. Really, I thought. nice tweet
0: from Peter Crouch: If Salah didn't panic in front of goal, he'd score more goals. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Says Peter Crouch. What <laughs> an absolutely magnificent <laughs> goal that was, by the way. Oh yeah, it was a great
1: finish. The yeah. thing is, if you if you look at uh, he
0: Port- basically juggled the ball into the goal. Uh, so good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so
1: good. But if if you if you think of uh, Portuguese football as a whole, uh, we we should expect more from Porto because they have a giant budget compared with the rest of the crew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. their budget is around one hundred and ten million euros mm-hmm. and Benfica are on 60 and Sporting are on 45 it's a big difference they have to do better than that yeah. uh, and so far they're doing well on the Champions League but you know it's about intensity
0: we should heap some praise on Liverpool
2: yeah they yeah. were fantastic yeah they were so so good um, you don't score five away from home in the Champions League without doing something special but like we just said it it, sort of, it was a perfect storm for them really Portugal, uh, Porto now we're pushing forward trying to get that goal and then Liverpool just kept breaking and breaking And but, they have the,
0: they have the speed to get behind them.
2: Yeah, in, when I looked at the midfield of Wijnaldum, Henderson and Milner, I wasn't expecting a 5-0 away no away, away victory. And no one was. But no, it's that. fair play they were they were great. They were and the front three were obviously fantastic. Robertson looks brilliant at left back. Yeah. I think Liverpool finally found a left back after about 25 years
0: I'll round this off with a question for both of you Sadio Mane is the fourth Liverpool player to score a hat-trick in the Champions League Can you name the other three?
1: No but I can tell uh, you that it was the first time there was a Champions League hat-trick uh, at uh, Stadio de Dragao. Okay, i I'm going to Yossi Benayen
2: Well yeah go on Michael Owen Yeah And Fernando Torres Oh he was so close So
0: did you figure out who the uh, final answer was? you got two of them between you Yossi Benioon and Michael Owen.
2: I said Fernando Torres didn't I? I, I? It must be Luis Suarez. Suarez, yeah. Could be. Nope. Who is it? Uh, Robbie Fowler. No. Nope. Um, Steven Gerrard. <gasps> No. Oh. <laughs> it was Felipe Coutinho. Coutinho. Oh, ah, against uh, Spartak Moscow, was it? Was that earlier on this no, season? I not have that much ah, right. Right.
0: Ah. Anyway, so Felipe Coutinho plays for Barcelona, and it's interesting because we want to we move on to a bit of Barcelona. Not quite Barcelona, but Barcelona's opponents this weekend, who are one of the upcoming sides in La Liga, or at least one of the most interesting sides in La Liga this season. Ibar. Yeah. After 23 games, they're in seventh place on 35 points, one behind the mighty Sevilla. And looking like they'll be in Europe next season. This is a really remarkable story, André.
1: It's incredible. Um, We're talking about uh, a club from a town with the same name, with 27,000 people Mm. only. And they're like half an hour from Bilbao and one hour away from um, uh, San Sebastian. So there's Atletic and Real Sociedad really close by. and, And also Alaves, by the way. And they have a 7,000 <laughs> stadium. That's all? Yeah. No, you don't need more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yet, they made it from the third division to top tier in, in, um, in Spain years, in S. just three years. Yeah. How have in- they
0: managed to do that? That's incredible.
1: Um, well, they are very well managed, I would say. Uh, starting with um with a sporting director who's one of the most he's one of the greatest sporting directors in Spain um I read an interview uh, with him what's his name some months ago Fran Garagarza it's like typical basque name okay and and I is it, the way they approach the the um, the the Ibar spirit is is more like it, this is a big family and in order to sign some player, we need to know uh, how friendly he is and how he behaves uh, close to family and friends. So instead, they do one, very, one really interesting thing. Sometimes when they uh, need to um, sign a player, they talk to friends of that player yeah. or, or uh, the girlfriend or uh, the wife to know the player better. And to see if there's the pro the right profile to That's to uh, to you know match the spirit of Ibar. Um, since the very beginning, th- there's one thing that that uh, Fran Garagarza says. He says that um, people know they can trust us, Ibar. We have no debt. We pay. Everything we're supposed to pay, and we've been like this since the, the we were on the, on the third division, and mm-hmm. that's really important on, on, on an environment like Spanish football when you have a lot of teams uh, struggling to pay yeah, rare in Spain, salaries and, mm-hmm. and struggling to get sponsorships and stuff like that. and this is I always say that this is the starting point to um, a good project. And after that, you get the right coach, and uh, Mendilibar is the right man for the job. He is uh, Basque. Um, he, he played football briefly in some minor teams in um, in a Basque country, and he coached Ibar. Um He had the first spell at Highbar, then he went to Athletic Bilbao more as a caretaker, and then he came back to to Ibar with um, a very particular way of playing, like possession, treat the ball, yeah. like like you love it, yeah. you know.
0: It was interesting, he had a very good quote today, he said, <clears throat> we're the team that's easiest to analyze, we don't do anything extraordinary.
1: They do everything well, it's not about being extraordinary, it's about doing things right. Um
0: so is that it's that's very, what's getting them up the table? Is it? It's
1: very meticulous. Uh, it, they work really hard. You, you can see they're one of the teams that score more goals from set pieces. They concede less yeah. from set pieces. Yeah. The, the one of those basic things that you can improve by training and training and training. You can see that they're pretty good at that. Um, they don't have any star, but no. they don't need stars. Yeah. They have a, a very cohesive team, and they have this little thing that I love about them they get a lot of players that are kind of lost and they they bring him back to life they did that with Pedro Leon who now is is injured but Mm. um, last season was incredible
0: and it's as close to a star as they have
1: yeah Yeah. Yeah. Uh, José Ángel that it was at at uh, Roma, it didn't work. Then Porto, it didn't work. Then now he's one of the best left backs in La
2: Liga. But that, that's a gamble, though, isn't it? Take bringing those players the, in, you know, it, that can a, backfire. The, but obviously, the they've got is, a The thing is, it's a bit structure. of a gamble,
1: but they make they make it work. It's yeah. incredible. They also did that with Paulo Oliveira, center back. It was it was a very good center back for Portugal. 121. Um, he played for Sporting for a while but he was never uh, a starter and, and he left for Ibar. Now he's one of the best centre-backs in the league. If you analyse you know, numbers by numbers, statistics, he's incredible. Um, and now they're doing the same thing with Orellana. He, yeah. he went from Celta yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to uh, Valencia, he didn't play much. Now at, uh, at 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 a uh, high bar, he played 366 minutes and he scored three goals already.
0: <laughs> how, long can, <laughs> how long can it seems like a bit of a fairy tale? I'm just wondering how long it can all last.
1: I hope it lasts for <laughs> for a long, long time because in a world of, um, of fu- this 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 foo- football nowadays is mostly about big investment and yeah. uh, breaking records with transfer fees and stuff like that. It's it warms my heart to see some clubs doing what High Bar uh, are doing. Uh, you don't—they prove that it's not about the money; it's it's about the project. If you have uh, good people uh, working hard, things beautiful things can happen.
0: Will they end up in a European spot?
1: I would like to, um, but I it, I think it's going to be really hard to to make it because I was looking, and they're going to play Barça at home. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Villarreal and uh, Madrid, mm-hmm. but they have. They I can have...
2: see them getting something against Barcelona this weekend. I, I also think yeah. that,
1: and also against Madrid, why not? Yeah, uh, they're really, really tough to beat at home, really tough. And then they have to go to Mestalla and also to Metropolitano to play Atleti. <laughs> uh, so it, I don't know. I would like to see them uh, going to Europe. But they, the best they can do is probably finish like 7th or 8th in the would, table. Would
2: would uh, European place next year be a bit of a stretch too far for them though? Yeah, I think so. Might be a bit of a poison chalice. Uh, you know? mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Speaking of Barcelona, and we've got to wrap things up here, but they're just now 7 points between them. They've got to play Ibar as we said. Uh, 7 to- points between them and Atletico Madrid. Catalans have dropped 4 points in the last 2 weeks. Is there a title race on the cards?
1: I still think that seven points is like it's a good it's a good cushion pillow, right?
2: I think there is a title race. I think Barcelona, are, yeah, they're sort of stagnating a little bit. They've drawn the last two games. I this weekend. I can see them dropping points. Maybe that- with an eye on the Champions League. And Atleti are the most Atleti they've been for years now. <laughs> I mean, they're just so. We'll yeah, scrap it. We'll it's, end it
0: with one that incredible statistic. How many goals have they conceded so far this season? They
2: conceded nine goals
1: in twenty three yeah. matches. So, it's yeah. it's a it's a La Liga record alongside with Deportivo somewhere in in the nineties. Yeah, think, and then that year uh, Deportivo won the. Won I think the there's league.
2: a title race back on. That's, okay, yeah, I reckon.
0: Okay, well that's all from us today. My thanks to Andre, Alex, and producer Jamo and thanks to you for listening.